Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. What's up, everybody? And have a fantastic May 23rd to you. Um, This is the second to last podcast in the studio. We're going to have a special guest on May 30th come in and wrap it up for us for this season. But before we get there, we have today and Wednesday and Friday. And today we brought... The beekeeper back. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Loves God, he hates crime. He's coming to your town. <laughs> yeah. You're too kind. All right. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. You know, just living the dream how as those, always. How are those bees doing? Hopefully better. I haven't checked on them for a few weeks. I put new queens in the hives because they're all so mean. I saw that video you posted. Oh my gosh. They were horrible. So the new queen comes in. Sets the tone, says everybody else behave. Yeah, well, she, behave. She uh, ah, uh, wonka, wonka, wonka. well, yeah, you know she she lays all the eggs, so all the bees come from her. So her genetics rule the whole. So what happens whole to all hive. the other bees that were following the old queens? Eventually, they die off. They only live about six weeks. So in oh, about really? six weeks, you end up with all new bees. Oh. So that's how requeening works. It takes a while, you know. But even her pheromones can calm down the. Um, mean bees a little bit because even mean hives I've noticed like some of the mean queens have mean pheromones and Which, just their presence makes them mean. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joke about that we'll leave it there uh, the uh, um, the uh, what was I going to ask you your YouTube page yeah I want the listeners to okay check this out because the video you posted last week when you were dealing with the angry bees it was like Kind of overwhelming just watching it because you could hear the buzz and the hum. Oh yeah, it was they're so attacking thick. the phone. Yeah, because it's black. They are. Was it your friend? Was it yeah. Kathy or your buddy holding My it? My friend Ezra, who I okay. actually went to high school with, okay. a Jewish buddy of mine. Cool. So, yeah, good Jewish was, name. Yeah, there you go. Ezra, strong name. Ezra. Ah, <laughs> uh, what, what, what's your YouTube? It's uh, SoCal Bees. So dash Cal Bees. So dash Cal Bees. Check I, it out. You know, it's. Not the most illustrious YouTube channel, but, you know, there's some good entertaining and fun stuff on there. So. That's sweet. That's sweet. Okay. Hey, before we dive in, a couple of just fun questions for you to think about. Bobby and I were talking about this one the other night. Okay. If you could erase your memory, go back in time, and relive the first time you watched a, a movie, like it was that good, you're like, oh, I just want to erase my memory and rewatch this and be surprised or be in awe. What movie, or maybe series, are you wiping your memory clean of? Oh, man. There's two that stand out. One serious, one's funny. Ooh, the like serious this. one is E.T. Okay. I loved that movie as a kid. Yeah. It scared me, though, because I was like four when I first saw it. For and sure. So I was terrified of E.T., which is, in hindsight, something kind of goofy to be afraid of. But yeah. um, it's I was scared of it, movie. too, the first time I watched oh, it. Oh, yeah. All those tunnels and those hazmat suits and stuff. It was yeah. like, whoa, it was weird. And his neck extending. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the funny one would be Austin Powers. The first time I saw that movie, <laughs> I was in the movie theater. I literally fell on the floor laughing. <laughs> All right. Michael so, Myers, right? Yeah. Oh, Michael what, Myers. Whatever happened to that guy? Is he? He's just doing animated stuff now. Okay. Really. I mean, he's been, you know, the Shrek series and yep. stuff like that. Puss in Boots. Also great movies, though. Yeah. Cool. Okay. As far as I know. Yeah. I, don't know. I think for me, I would, you, yeah. I would either go Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The original trilogy, because I was in sixth grade, I think, when The Hobbit, or not The Hobbit, The Fellowship of the Ring came out. And at that point, I had never even heard of it, didn't know who J.R. Tolkien was, mm. and had never yeah, read it or whatever. And so my friends were like, you want to go to a movie? Sixth graders, you know, like, sure, we got time to kill. Had no idea what we're even going to. 
They're like, let's go to that movie. You know, there's three options at the time in Pella, Iowa. And we walk in and it ends up becoming like one of my favorite movies of all time. Huh. When you start watching those guys fight the orcs and stuff, we were all so into it. Huh. It was great. Like one of the greatest surprises ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Or I would say if I had, if I had to pick a close second, it would be uh, the Christian Bale's Batman trilogy with Scarecrow, yeah. Joker, Bane. Really good. Yeah. That is my, by far my favorite Batman series. Yeah. They're really good. For sure. The Dark Knight. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So next question. Okay. I want to talk about your bucket list. What's on your bucket list? I, I don't have a real long bucket list. Um, there, There's one huge thing, though, that okay. I would love to do at some point before I kick aforementioned bucket. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I would like to live somewhere else other than here. <laughs> Like in terms of like, you want to live in Downey or you want to live in like, like I, I, Montana or I I don't have a specific spot yet. I mean, I I would like to be able to get. I've lived in Bellflower my whole life, okay. I've, and in, in the same couple of houses. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I spent a little time in San Pedro, but that was a couple of years. I I would just like to be able to move somewhere else. Um, I, I've thought about Oregon, maybe Southern Oregon. Okay. Uh, or my dad lives out in Ohio. It's nice out there. Or sort of. Iowa. Yeah. Like, Iowa. I don't know if I could do Iowa. Um, Four extreme seasons. Yeah. People are really nice, though. They are. People are really nice. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I don't know how long I would enjoy it. <laughs> you know, instantly regret that decision <sighs> potentially. So you know, winter's that's not, the hard part. Winter's not bad in like December and January. Here in the holidays, it's fun. But when you're in like March and April and you get a, a dumping of snow, Ugh. that's the worst. Yeah. It stinks. Oh man. Yeah. I bet. Don't wish that on my worst of enemies, <laughs> but you go check it out. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. That, so that's, that's probably the biggest thing on the bucket okay. list. Um, the other thing I would like to, uh, Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say something totally goofy, and I'm not going to. I'm All just right. going to let it go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk about it later. All right, that sounds good. All right, man. Uh, well, hey, we're in Acts 28, the last chapter of the book. What stood out? We did this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so we you, did. You know, you know the routine. You know how it yeah. works. What stood out to you from Acts 28? So I thought this was really interesting. You and I think we did Mark, uh, Mark 16. Yeah. And one of the passages was the thing about the snakes. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So then here's where it happens. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. We're talking about how the, the italics at the end of Mark and church history upheld yeah. in don't drink poison, don't go grab vipers. Yeah. Don't pick up rattlesnakes. Pick, and Pick up a rattler. Yeah, exactly. And and here the it happens to Paul. He grabs wood to throw in the fire and a snake bites him. And I think it's funny because you see there's some themes that recycle here too, yeah. where people's reactions to like the missionaries yeah. just are so bipolar. Yes. All, all throughout Acts, yeah. you see it happening over and over again. They go somewhere, people don't know how to take them. First, they think they're crazy. Then they think they're gods. Then they want to kill them. Yeah. You know? And uh, the same thing happens here. The the islanders go, oh, he must be a murderer because he got guy. bit. Yeah. You're and then going... nothing happens to him. Oh, he's a god. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> good connection, man, to Mark, Mark 16. That's a good connection. I yeah. thought, yeah. For sure. I think what's interesting reading the end of Acts for me is like the historicity of it, how detailed mm. it is. We went to this town, we went to this village, we went to this building, we went to this group of people, and it's just so detailed. You literally can track Paul on his missionary journey. And for me, that adds legitimacy to what happened. As you mm. track church growth, as you track uh, the spread of Christianity, and you track just him as a person pointing back to Jesus. 
I think that is really cool. But what's so fun to watch in Acts is how the signs and wonders accompany the gospel mm. when you go to these unchurched regions where the gospel had not yet been. It's fascinating. Yeah. I think I said this in a sermon or a podcast a while back, but Pastor Naveen, who's our Nepalese pastor here, he had texted me the other day and said, 79% of the Christians in Nepal came to Christ because of some kind of miraculous healing. Wow. So as you, know, you go to the Orient, you have Buddhism and Hinduism there. And Christianity is coming in. You have people who are lame and deaf and blind being healed. And they're mm. like, it's undeniable. This must be real. It's kind of cool. Man, I would love to see stuff like that here. You, yeah. You, occasionally, yeah. something like that happens. But I've heard stories from missionaries, too, of speaking in tongues they didn't know. Yeah. You know, out of nowhere and like didn't even realize it until someone else told them. Yes. Like, uh, you were speaking a different language. This is what you were saying. Yeah. You know, with the interpreter. And like, Wait, what? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, things like that happening. Oh. And like, I, yeah. I mean, obviously, you don't want to like set yourself out to just try to manufacture stuff like that. Oh, but, for sure. Yeah. But to see it, you know, see God work like that is, is strengthening to your faith, I think. Most definitely. So it's really cool. Most definitely. Yeah. So what else stood out to you? Um, the whole section with Paul arguing with, or not arguing necessarily, but witnessing to the Jewish leaders there is interesting on a few different levels. Yeah. One is that they say they never heard anything bad about Paul. I thought that was really odd Mm -hmm. because the Jews in, in Jerusalem were ready to murder him. Trashed his name for (laughs) sure. And it had been at least... Uh, it sounds like at least like four or five months since he left Jerusalem because they spent three months on Malta before yeah. he went to um, Rome. So they had plenty of time, and they say, oh, no, we haven't heard anything bad about you. But then they say, but we'd love to hear you because we've heard that this sect has been spoken against everywhere. Yeah, And they refer in this section to Christianity being a sect of Judaism. Because mm-hmm. at that time it was still sort Jewish of, people. Yeah, it was mostly Jewish people, and the Messiah was obviously Jewish, and the promises came from Israel. And then you know his, his he obviously ends his discourse with that um, a quote there. I think it's from Isaiah six. Um, you know, be ever hearing but not perceiving. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it just it made me think like how sad it is that Israel for, on you know for the most part has missed their messiah yeah you know and the nations end up the, the irony is that you know he says i'm going to go at the end he says i'm going to go to the gentiles and they'll listen to me yeah and so he turns around and he, and he does that in every city we see yeah. and he he goes to the gentiles and all these people come to know the lord and and believe yeah. in the messiah that that Israel themselves rejected you for know sure. and just the it's it's this really hard thing to see Israel over and over again going, no, no, mm. you know, this can't be right, this can't be right, yeah. this can't be our Messiah. Um, and it's it, it makes me think of like Romans 11, you know, Paul talks about... The grafting and... Yeah, yeah. how, you know, we're, um, we're grafted in, even though Israel for a time has been darkened, he says there's going to be a... a point at which Israel is restored mm-hmm. after the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Yeah. There's kind of this um, this ingathering of all the Gentiles before, yeah. before Israel comes back, and, and that we're still part of... They're still supporting us. Like, Israel is still the root 
Yes. You know, and we're, yeah. we're branches there. So it makes me think like of some of the things I've heard people say in the church about Israel that make me cringe, mm. you know, here and there, like um, that can come across as anti-Semitic almost sometimes okay, without meaning to, yeah. I think, you know. For sure. Um, Last time on the podcast, you were talking about your Jewish background. Yeah. So you're technically the root. I'm technically a branch. I I got engrafted in. Thanks. Thanks for for having me. (laughs) Hey, I'm just really, really grateful that I'm part of the family here because it seems like much more rare for Jewish people to be part of the family. Yeah, there's some Messianic Jews, definitely. What's interesting to me is how this ends is Paul and really his group of people have been building up getting the gospel to the epicenter of the world, which is Rome. And how they envisioned that happening, I'm guessing a year or two or three or four before this, they probably weren't expecting the gospel to come via prison and chains and letter writing. So when I, when I read verse like 15, all these Christians are in Rome waiting to meet this Paul. Like, who is this guy? And he's coming. And it says, the brothers and sisters has heard that we were coming and they traveled as far as the forum of Apius and the three taverns to meet us. Mm. So I looked that up just to figure out how far we're talking. These people walked a little over 33 miles to meet Paul, and then they met him, and then they walked him back. So everyone can see this guy's in chains, and you want to talk about being unashamed of the gospel. They were walking with the guard, with Paul in chains, proudly, excitedly, they got to meet this guy. Mm. 33 miles are walking back. That's like you and I walking right now from Emmanuel to Laguna Beach. That's 32 miles away. I Google Maps it. Wow. And they d- walked it, and they walked it proudly. Like, this is a huge deal. Mm. And then it's so cool, too, at the end where Paul is then given his little house, and he's chained to a guard 24-7, but he's preaching the gospel to all these people, like you said, who are curious to hear, what does this guy have to say? So at the end of this, and even in other writings, especially Philippians, Paul is giving them a heads up of like, hey, just so you guys know, all the Christians in Rome send their greetings. Those Christians mm-hmm. who are in Caesar's household say hello. So it's like God knew getting Paul to Rome, even in an unexpected means of chains in prison, he's going to write Philippians, uh, Ephesians, Colossians. He's going to write Philemon there. And from there, that letters, those letters are going to be distributed to the world. And then the Praetorian guard who are watching him evidently come to Christ mm-hmm. and within Caesar's household. Like he's in the den, dude. The den of the enemy and the gospel sneaks in and comes out. Yeah. And people hear about Jesus Christ. So that gives me hope when those situations in my life, I'm like, this is not going as planned. This is unexpected. God, what is happening? Where are you? This is not how this was supposed to go. You're like, I bet if you ask Paul or the church, they're like, I didn't expect the gospel to get here in chains. Hmm. But hey, it made it here. And now look at who's coming to Christ. That's a really good point. You know? Huh, it's interesting. Yeah. Chewing on that. I like that. Yeah, man. Anything else stand out to you? Um, uh, one thing that I've been, you know, kind of for the past, I don't know, a few months have been focusing on is trying to uh, find as much of the gospel in the Old Testament as, nice. I, as I can. So looking through prophecies and stuff. And that's something else that stood out to me is that Paul, when he spoke with the Jewish people there, he says he went to the law and the prophets, the law of Moses and the prophets to prove who the Messiah was. And it, it made me think, like, could I preach the gospel without the New Testament? Mm. 
if yeah. I had to. Sure, you and could. I think it's doable, but at this point, I don't know if I could now. Like, am I equipped? Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do I have the verses? Like, do I understand the gospel as it's laid out in the law and the prophets well enough to explain yeah. it without the New Testament? Yeah. And it just sort of made me think, wow, you know, that's mm. that's what they had to work with because the New Testament hadn't been compiled yet, obviously. Yeah. So um, it just was sort of like motivating to me to look into that more and more and try to really okay. understand the gospel as it's laid out in the Old Testament. And That's know. cool. That's cool. When you're talking about the law and the prophets, I think about the transfiguration, and that's why Moses and Elijah showed up mm. to visit Jesus. So the disciples could see the whole Old Testament is all about Jesus. You have Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophets coming together as Christ fulfills mm. all of this. Yeah. Like that, that's why, I mean, why wasn't King David there? Or why wasn't Daniel yeah. there? Why yeah. wasn't Moses and Elijah? Because those are the two, th there's the Mount Rushmore of the Bible, law and mm. prophets. Those are the two faces up there representing. Oh, yeah. And they came to say, hey, Jesus, you got this, man. It's pretty I cool. I love that, the Mount Rushmore of the Bible. Yeah. That's good. That's, that's right. good. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks again for coming on. And uh, always a joy to catch up. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Bees, Appreciate it. Bees, bucket lists, erasing our memory to rewatch. Austin Powers. There you go. Because I'm deeply spiritual. <laughs> I love it. We're normal. We're normal people yeah. here. Just two dudes, right? Catching up. Well, hey, thanks again for tuning in today, watching and listening. Uh, we'll come back to you on Mon on Wednesday and Friday. And then next week, Monday is going to be the last podcast for the season. We'll take June, July, and August off, and we'll be back in September. So hopefully you join us. We'll end strong. God bless you. Catch up to you in a few days. Bye. Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.